0: Hello, welcome to the first episode of Crosstown Chatter. I am Jack McGrath and this is Mike Deakin. Alright. Uh so first up we got the catchers. We got Wilson Contreras and Victor Caratini against uh, Yasmani Grandal and James McCann. Who are you picking? Why are you picking and what are the plus-minuses of the two duos? Alright. Um I mean that's gonna be a tough decision.
1: Um I know with I mean, especially with, with Yasmani coming over, Yasmani is a little bit older. I think that Wilson Contreras is probably going to be a better hitter. He's got a little bit more power. Um, Yasmani hasn't really, doesn't really have, like, the best career batting average. I think he usually hits, like, around 250 or so. Um, but as far as, like, catching smarts and whatnot, um, I think definitely Yasmani is probably a little bit better. Uh, Wilson Contreras has the better arm, of course. So I think probably overall I'm probably going to go Wilson, Wilson Contreras, as much as it may, may pay me to say. Interesting.
0: Um, I actually believe Wilson Contreras is a lesser catcher than Yasmani. I mean, really? Yasmani yeah. had a killer year He's last year. Uh, let me take a look at his batting average from last year. Yasmani was a two point four WAR, batted two forty six, which is not great, but twenty eight home runs. Um, solid O P on base yeah. percentage. Yeah, it for
1: for him, it's, it's more the on base percentage right, that you gotta look at. On base percentage, and I mean, I never really knew this before the season, but he's supposedly like a really good pitch framer, which is gonna definitely help out the young Sox pitchers.
0: Yeah, and that that's definitely gonna help. I don't think it's gonna help this year in this sixty game season, but yeah, I mean, because I think pitch framing only gets you twenty extra outs throughout an entire season, which makes a lot for a full season, but compared to sixty games, yeah, I just got the Wilson Contreras. Uh, their difference is two point or point two. Point seven war. Um Wilson Contreras hit twenty four home runs, batted two seventy two, but also had uh better average than Grendel. Yes. Worse on base percentage and slugging obviously is gonna be better. Mm-hmm. Um I mean like
1: is it worth noting that Grendel like it's thirty one this year already and Contreras is going it only
0: in the, what is
1: twenty he's only twenty five, I thought, right? No, I think he's older. Twenty six. So, I mean, it could be a case of Grandal maybe slowing down a little bit and more taking the role of, like, a mentor position. Like, mentor guy, like, walks a lot, too. Gets on base, so the other guys hit him in. I know. And maybe Contreras,
0: like, has a breakout offensive year this year. I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, ESPN or MLB had rankings, and uh, they had Yasmani as fifth or sixth, and they had Wilson Contreras down in, in ninth or tenth. Really? Okay. I mean, so that's not for all. catchers. You had... Uh, J T Real Muto. Oh, okay, yeah, J T um, Real Muto, big catcher.
1: Uh, uh, Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez. Uh, on your fantasy team last year, you are saying.
0: No, no, like overall. Oh, okay, overall. yeah.
1: Um, I mean, on your fantasy team, like like you were stacked at catch- at catchers. Yeah, and, you did, I mean, they kind of corner the market there. I so, I
0: agreed with the list. I thought Wilson was a little bit low at nine. I think he definitely beats out some other guys, but yeah. a lot of people ding him for that. That pitch framing, and I don't think for it's Wilson. Gonna, yeah, it's it's not going to be as important coming this season. That's that. David Ross said, if they're passing out a trophy, I want it. Okay, all right. So so overall, you're you're taking Yasmani over Wilson Contreras. Yes, but no, I want to talk backup catchers. Backup catcher, okay. Victor Caratini. Caratini he, and
1: James McCann. Victor. And I guess might as well throw in Zach Collins, but. Also, the, he's probably not really gonna be playing a whole lot this year. But anyway, with the Cubs football.
0: getting the DH, I think you're gonna see Victor Caratini sitting in that DH spot just as much as Kyle Schwarber. Saying that, yeah. Um, Caratini only had 250 at bats last year. Compared, that's only half of what Yasmani got. Uh, Caratini hit 11 home runs and hit a batting average of .266. He's just a guy that drives the ball. Uh, he definitely the, does drive the ball. He's a switch hitter, which yeah. is.
1: Amazing. So sure to, yeah.
0: His value is gonna go up this year and I could see the Cubs flipping him. Very in a important now, years. like with the
1: rule change and mm-hmm. whatnot, as far as pitchers only having to pitch to like three bat or at least three batters at a time.
0: So I, I and then James McCann, if he comes out and has that first half he yeah, had last year. Oh yeah, year, he got hot last year. Uh, that that uh, that could make for some Cubs socks have two one of the best catching they, dam- exactly, tandems yeah. in the league, that's for sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm pretty sure um, James McCann and Lucas Giolito are gonna be a pair this season. Like I think that's gonna be his main catcher. Okay. Okay. Because it, because they worked so well last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and even though Grandal is a better catcher and a better better fielder catcher and and a better hitting catcher than McCann, I still do like McCann. He's a great guy. It seems like and. Well,
0: that's. He's a disciplined hitter. Uh, that's what um, Victor Caratini. He's gonna be strictly catching you, Darvish this year. Darvish, yeah. So I need and. That's when you'll definitely see Wilson hit that DH spot, and you'll definitely see Kyle Schwarber hit out left, and from there, just it's, it's a mess. All right. All right. Let's move on to another position. The Cubs and Sox, I think, are in top five of baseball for, for sure for a position, which is first base. You got Anthony Rizzo against Jose Abreu, both both captains of the team. Both cap,
1: yeah, essentially, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think with Jose Abreu, it's more of um like captain by showing like his performance on the field rather than in a clubhouse because mm-hmm. um, I, th- I think the language barrier is still – or, like, his language is still kind of a barrier or not. But, I mean, he's still a guy who's, like, day in, day out. Like, he's, like, willing to, like, do the work on the field to lead this
0: team. Overall, I think between uh Cubs and Sox, the first-base position's just stacked overall in the league. I mean, you got Paul Goldschmidt. You got – Paul Goldschmidt, uh, Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman – in the Atlanta Braves. Joey Votto. Yeah. Joey, Brock, Joey Votto is still, still a threat. Especially yeah. on base threat, too. I mean, but you're talking the two most consistent guys year to year. Yeah. You're, you can always, like, I have a line here. Rizzo's hit between 25 and 32 home runs since 2014. Yeah. He's, and in, He's averaging 27, 28 home runs a year. Like, he's... Mm-hmm. If his back is okay for this season, he's going to be a real threat as he always is. And yeah. Batting behind Chris Bryant is just going to in protect. the number two spot. In the number which, two spot this year. Yeah, you know,
1: he he does like lead off. He is like one Greatest of the better lead off
0: hitters of all time. So that
1: that's going to be a little bit of a change for him. But I mean, the difference between first and second like isn't really that much of a role.
0: Um, but it, it's going to offer base. some better protection with him because now he's batting second. You're going to want to get him out because if he gets on, you're facing, uh, facing Javi, Javi Baez. Baez and then Wilson Contreras or Kyle Schwarber depending on how hot either one of them is. Yeah. So Very dangerous lineup the Cubs have. So who are you taking, Anthony Rizzo or Jose or Um,
1: I think for me, again, it's going to have to come down to age. I think if Reyu is 32 now, whereas Rizzo is 31 or he'll be 31 in August 8 on August 8th. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um Anthony, Anthony Rizzo did hit 293 last year 4 or 5 on base, 27 homers. Jose Abreu I don't think hit quite that well. Jose hit I he hit fairly well actually. Yeah. He was uh 284 330 yeah. and and thir- 33 home runs and 123 RBIs which led the
0: AL. Um so very close again like you said, but um, I'm going I'm going to have to take Rizzo on this you're one You're taking now. Rizzo? Okay. Just again with age now, if Rizzo's back continues like it is right now, and mm-hmm. they say it's nothing to worry about, but hopefully, yeah, yeah. it's it's always a concern. Like any any time, like somebody a, pl- a player
1: expresses some kind of injury. Um, but for for Rizzo, it definitely has to do with his on ability to draw walks and get on base. Definitely makes him dangerous. All right. So I think Rizzo's probably the better player, and he's probably going to have a better season, especially batting second in the lineup. Most
0: definitely. Whereas the Brady's
1: probably going to be third or fourth
0: most definitely mm-hmm. uh moving on to second base we'll start with the easy side which is the nick madrigal or uh laurie garcia he i mean it's pretty straightforward i think nick madrigal is going to get the yeah, starting job right out the especially gate. with how he's been playing like in, in the interest squad games mm-hmm. if uh, he if they if he comes out as hot as everyone's expecting him to just a battle the ball all around the field speed mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you don't see too many players Definitely like single, him. Single singles guy.
1: He, yeah. He's got a great like great glove too, and a mm-hmm. great arm. Mm-hmm. Like I think it was just
0: yesterday, he, he threw somebody out at the plate, and just a strike to home plate that he threw. Yeah, compared to the Cubs, who have Nico Horner, Jason Kipnis, Daniel Deskelslo, David Bodie, utility man, and maybe Ian Happ, depending on how man. things work. That's, that's
1: quite the platoon. If that's what you want, platoon or this straight up five man
0: competition. Um, let me narrow this down for you a little bit. So I do a bracket. Daniel Descalso, I think, needs to be cut from the Chicago Cubs, period. Yeah, I understand like last year it might have movie. been injury concerns, but he needs to be just cut, cut your losses.
1: Yeah. David Bodie
0: is your utility guy. He's going to be filling in for people however way, whichever way you think, uh, followed by Jason Kipnis, who's your veteran guy. He's your guy. If Nico Horner doesn't work, that's who you're playing. He's nowhere near the offensive threat. He used to be. He's getting a little bit older. I think he's, what, age 32? 32? Yeah, I think,
1: yeah. 32 or so for
0: Jason Kempers. Um, If he can pull out that 2017 2016 30, yeah. magic that he used to have, uh, he, he could be a threat. I know last year he also had some injury issues. Mm-hmm. But overall, 45 average. Yeah. You're, you're looking for a 250 hitter if Nico Horner doesn't work, which I'm hoping works. I mean,. It's just as much of a flip of a coin between Nick Madrigal and Nico Horner, two very different second basemen, but second basemen nonetheless. I mean, he's in his hometown now. He grew up, I think it was Naperville or Northbrook. Northbrook. Born born in Northbrook. And he high school Glen Glenbrook North, Glenbrook, Glenbrook North. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, he's in his hometown. He said he's always wanted to play for the Chicago Cubs, and it sucks that this year. He's not even going to get a chance to fight for his job if Nico Horner if Nico comes out of the Warner gate with it. Um, I think you could expect to see Jason Kipnis on day one, but day two you're getting Nico Horner. Yeah. So, so
1: it's, it's, it's got to be a heck of a day one for Jason Kipnis. Um, you're looking at like a four home run game if, he, if he's probably going to keep his job.
0: Uh, so who are you taking between the Cubs and between the Sox Nick second Madrigal. base crew?
1: Um, I mean, you know, I would love to take Nick Madrigal especially the way he's been playing. But, again, based on experience, I think probably the combination of uh, Kipnis, Bodie, and Hap. I know, I know that Nico Horner did have some good games last year towards the end of the season after he got called up. But um, I, th- I think probably Bodie, Hap, and Kipnis, I'm um, probably taking
0: at least game one until Madrigal starts to prove himself. Interesting. I think, um, I think I'm going to take the Nick Madrigal. But I also believe that Nico Horner is going to be a much bigger part than it. like I said, I think you're going to see little to no Daniel Descalslow um, and David Bode just going to be Probably. your fill-in, yeah. third baseman, second baseman, outfielder, whatever mm-hmm. you need for the day. And same with Ian Happ. Too, right? um, Ian Happ, we'll get to him later. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I'm going to just take the Sox just because if Nick Magical doesn't work, you have Lori out there at second, which will do just fine. You're looking at two guys that are going to be at the bottom of the order regardless exactly yeah i mean
1: eventually magical hopefully will be a leadoff man i think definitely seeing him playing he definitely has the, the body size and shape to be a leadoff man like he's not super tall skinny guy speedy uh not a whole lot of power mm-hmm, keeps the ball mm-hmm. on the ground so definitely one day he will be a leadoff man Bye. but especially coming out of the gate you know rookie season you don't want him to have all that pressure on day one so
0: you're you're exactly right he'll probably be close to eight nine in the order all right, now moving on to the pride of Chicago. Basically, it's either yeah. first base or shortstops. you got first Mo- base, which is the sign of consistency, and you got shortstop, which is the the fiery attitude of Chicago.
1: Fiery is definitely right. Fiery,
0: maybe controversial. Uh, definitely exciting, though. Javi Baez and Tim Anderson. Javi Baez is, uh, the Pirates announcers once said, how does he run with those big gold chains around him? Oh, yeah. Doesn't that slow him down? Mm-hmm but um might hurt too if it's bouncing up and down as he's sprinting and so talking a little about Javi Baez he took a step back from his uh MVP top 3 i think it was was he top it, 3 it was pretty close um i do campaign remember campaign in 2018 yeah um
1: fans just chanting mvp mvp every mm-hmm, time he came with a bat mm-hmm.
0: uh he he still had a number, solid number 2 mvp he had a solid year uh he Pulled out a two eighty one average with uh, 30, twenty nine home runs. runs or for oh, for last year, yeah, last year.
1: The MVP year, yeah, one hundred eleven RBIs and thirty four homers. Yeah, was definitely, a as well. definitely a big step back.
0: Definitely a big step back, but. I mean, still you respectful, still, have this, still dangerous. You have the stellar defense at short, where every play is a highlight reel play. Exactly. Um, and then you have Tim Anderson, king of bat flips. King himself. of bat flips. Uh, king, king of uh, like starting
1: fights in like the first couple games of the year, especially against Brad Keller.
0: Um, Tim Anderson, I'm looking for him to repeat what he did last year I obviously know yeah he, with the, the band I, title win everyone's all super excited for him i'm super excited for him i just mm-hmm. want him to come out and just take this and run with it the singles same way how he did
1: right singles doubles hitter Hopefully he stays healthy mm-hmm. and has like a little bit more respectable run for the batting title. I mean obviously I'm not I'm not saying you no know, it wasn't respectable, but he did only play 123 games. Mm-hmm. I know that may that may
0: be some some criticism of some people where it's like, oh yeah, you know. But he, yeah, he look, barely qualified. Looking at his prior years, I mean twenty eighteen, everyone's gotta remember he was hitting two forty. His defense it was nothing to look at. Mm-hmm. I think he lost his shortstop job to Yolmer, didn't he? Um I, I thought he played shortstop
1: for most of the year in twenty eighteen. I think Yomore's mostly second base.
0: I uh, I guess in twenty eighteen Yolmer mostly played third base. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um but overall that twenty eighteen season was nothing to be yeah, happy nothing about. Nothing to write home about. Yeah. Um that.
1: the twenty six steals I do like because that is so far his career high in steals and if Tim Anderson is gonna bat leadoff or near the top of the order, he's gonna have to st- steal bases. Mm-hmm. He was, like, 15 for 15 at the start of 2019, and it was, like, around the time where he said that he was going to donate, what was it, like, $1,000 per stolen base, uh, like, per su- each successful stolen base attempt that he- it seemed like he kind of slowed down in steals, unfortunately. And he only had 17 for the year. So, and yeah. If going 14 for 14 or 15 for 15.
0: Um, I mean, you got, I mean... As much as they're compared personality-wise, they're two very different players. You got Tim Anderson, who's going to drive your ball all over the field and get singles and doubles all mm-hmm. year. Where Javi Baez, is, he's he's your swing for power guy. He's the guy chasing that outside slider that everyone loves to aggressive, um, But it, it pays off, and it, he's proven that the last three or four years now that it, it pays off for him. Um, Javi Baez has definitely by far the... Better glove at shortstop. Um, I still think he's short a gold glove, which is a tragedy. Yeah, he he, he definitely does deserve a Um, gold glove. He didn't get it just because, I think, 2016 to 2018, he wasn't playing... Yeah, it wasn't like consistently enough. short. Uh, I know he won a plat, or I think it's Wilson's platinum glove. Or is that what it is? Platinum glove? Yeah, yeah. it's that. It's, it's plat
1: platinum is basically the second place one, right? No, 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 no. You're, I'm thinking or it's something. It's gold first. It's, uh, um, I don't know there's gold and platinum. It's not
0: Wilson's. It's uh, it's another company, and they give out awards based on uh, just defensive metrics. Period. And okay. And Javi Baez won that. Okay. Uh, but but so it's not the award that you strive no, for. No, you're not. He hasn't hit that. Uh. Who won it last year? Is Trevor Story? Sounds right. That might be right.
1: uh, uh Nick Ahmed for the NL and Francisco Lindor in the AL. Nick,
0: Nick Ahmed. Nick Ahmed. Was in the right division from the Diamondbacks. Yeah. Um, yeah, right division. So who are you taking? Shortstops in Chicago. Um,
1: you know, I mean, if you could see the jersey I'm wearing right now, you are think that I'm a fraud because I am wearing a White Sox jersey, and. Uh, since I'm going to go with Javi Baez, I'm officially 0 for 4 now. I'm picking the Sox. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I'm going with Javi Baez, mainly because even though Tim Anderson did win a batting title last year, you know, that is only one year in a four-year career. The closest he he came to 335 was 283 his first year, and that was only 99 games. Then he went down to 257 and 240. So as much as I would like to see him, like, repeat his success in 2019, um, I would like to see it before I go all in. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm saying I, I Baez. I am to go Baez.
0: I love the bat. I love the defense. I love the flair. I mean, Tim Anderson, if he, he repeats this year, he's going to be a very close second. It's going to be just as close as Rizzo or Abregu, Um in those kinds of discussions. Now, moving over to the the big names. The hot, the, the hot corner the big names, the guys that came up in the news. You got Chris Bryant against Yohan Moncada, KB and Yo-Yo.
1: KB and Yo-Yo. Yes indeed. Uh this one's gonna be a tough one. I mean,
0: you know, bryant has got
1: the rookie of the year, he's got the MVP. He he did have that injury season in 2017, 2018, 2018. And Moncada did as as we were just saying about Anderson, he did have a bad, very, very forgettable 2018. But twenty nineteen when he was healthy, he was the Sox best hitter. Uh, so again, it's gonna be a tough one for me, so I'm gonna defer to you for now.
0: Yeah, so I mean, you Chris Bryant has a lot of the hardware. Um the last few years. I mean, he's he's still been a fantastic hitter regardless. I mean, going back from twenty nineteen, he had two eighty two seventy two two seventy two and two ninety five, which is nothing to nothing to like flaunted. I mean, yeah, exactly. He's yeah. still a fantastic his, his hitter. Is he's a just bit not lower. repeating those MVP years, which arguably I would say twenty nineteen. He he was his numbers, close. his numbers are pretty close to that MVP season. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course,
1: like like his his RBI is, is a little low, but I mean, like he was batting. He, he did bat leadoff a lot last year. Mm-hmm. He didn't right?
0: beat. No, I don't Or second. Think. He was mostly second, right? He was mostly okay. second. Yeah. Uh, okay. was but he also had Dexter
1: Fowler in front of him, too. And um. Dexter Fowler, I'm sure, accounted for a lot of those runs they drove in in 2016.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, looking at Chris Bryant, I mean, he's he's got all the tools to just come out and... Just come out you, of the gate, You point, go miss one. that next MVP season because he still has that caliber. He just needs to feel good one year. He dealt with the shoulder injury 2018. Uh, he dealt a little bit with the shoulder, and I think some sort of ankle issue in 2019, which is still not fantastic to deal with, but if he's if he's healthy, he's dangerous. And, I mean, it's a 60-game season. You, you're you going to sprint. It's in or out, yeah. Uh, moving over to Yohan Mankata. Uh Since he moved to third base, his hitting has picked up. Tremendously. Fantastically. It's uh, Great. 315
1: average at the end of the season, 367 on base. 25 homers, 79 runs driven in, 83 runs. Like, this guy, like, that was definitely a glimpse at his potential.
0: Yeah, and he was worth 4.8 warrior last year. I didn't even realize that. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Um, if he can repeat that and start doing that every year, because, man, 2018, 2017, those weren't, those weren't pretty. Yeah, 20, mean,
1: 2018 was a very big disappointment. You're, yeah, you're hitting to 2017, two. leading
0: the MLB in strikeouts. So he's he's got he's got some proving. I mean that's same as most of this White Sox team is they just got to prove themselves. I mean they had a fantastic year last year, a good step in the right direction. They got to finish turning that corner and moving forward. Um, I think I'm going to take Chris Bryant Taking Chris between Bryant. the two of them. I know I'm one in what five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm
1: I'm pretty sure that why the magical was the only one that you said was better. I said catchers so say, too. Oh, okay, I yeah. Magical and Grendel. Okay. And for me, I'm going like 0 for 5 on the Sox again. I'm going Chris Bryant again. And it's not for the Chris Bryant jersey hanging behind me.
0: <laughs> uh moving on to left field and the outfield mess that the Chicago Cubs are. Oh, yeah. Um it's not necessarily not, mess, it's but not a, a lot of talent
1: though. A it's gonna take some extreme David positions. Ross
0: maneuvering to get to maximize this position stuff. Uh, you got Kyle Schwarber slash Ian Happ slash Steven Sh- Souza Jr. Mm-hmm. with maybe a little bit of Chris Bryant coming out there every once in a while, uh, while David Bodie hops into third base um, against yep. the Cubs' former prospect Eloy Jimenez. And uh, of course,
1: all of Chicago and probably anybody who was watching that night or seeing the replay will, will like never forget that home run they cranked off and what, what was it like the top of the eighth. Top of the eighth or top of the ninth in June in last June.
0: Uh looking at Kyle Forber that. compared to, Eloy Jimenez, they are very similar players. I mean, they their, are for sure. Their defensive mm-hmm. metrics are very similar, yeah. except as in not the best defenders, but they do get the job done. They are both at average. Yeah. Um, looking at the stats, and I don't want to scroll through and find them right now, but I know they're both at average. Uh, Kyle Schwarber hit 250, uh, 38 home runs with an on base of 339, uh, 92 RBIs. So I that's that's fairly good. But what I really want to talk about was that second half. That tear. second half
1: and and like the last like two months of the season, mm-hmm. more he, so. just,
0: he tore it apart and he, he turned into the hitter that I expect him to be. Exactly. He's not going to be your power pole hitter.
1: Everybody thought.
0: He's not expected to be that power pole hitter okay he he needs to turn into that if I want to drive that ball all the way to left center I'm going to drive it to left center mm-hmm. if I want to drive Drop it to off. right center I want to drive it to yeah. right center all right, he, go
1: all the way out to Sheffield avenue yeah
0: he can have power on both sides of the outfield power power to all
1: all parts of the outfield
0: uh but he and that's he he can have a much better batting average than you would expect him to um mm-hmm. looking at oh boy well, you got a he's got a let's see here we have a 276 batting average 134 strikeouts uh in 122 games and he hit and 30, 31 homers 31 home runs in
1: 122 games yeah because he, he was hurt for a while too and if i remember right his first home run was was at yankee stadium and that was what like at least a month into the year yeah he was a little like, slow it did to take start. a while
0: um, so, so those 31 homers are coming in like almost like five months or less. Uh, full season would be extremely interesting to watch. He's always had some health issues. He's always been hit, hurt throughout the minors, and he's always been in this year. Last year he came out a little bit hurt and banged up too. Um, then you have also the abilities of Ian Happ and Steven Souza Jr., which Steven Souza Jr. I, I want you to look out for this year. Yeah. Uh, he he has some definitely hungry I'm sure. Yeah, he's he's got that all star capability if he can stay healthy. Um, mm-hmm. He's not going to be he's another drive the ball all around the field which Cubs need more of honestly because yeah. um, we do have a lot of home run hitters. Yeah. Um, but and it's wor- worth worth noting that he, that he's only played like half
1: a season of baseball in the last two years so mm-hmm. he may be rusty but like as as I said like
0: I'm sure that like, he's hungry he's uh, hungry to keep his career going. So in left field, who are you taking? We'll just call it Kyle Schwarber against Eloy Jimenez. Alright. Um, I mean
1: I'm I'm gonna do I'm gonna do Rick Han Proud and I'm gonna say Eloy Jimenez. Or Eloy Jimenez, yeah. Um I mean as as you said before, him and Kyle Schwarber are very similar players. Um even though Eloy uh, Eloy Eloy's stance is a little bit unconventional. I do I do like his swing. He does have a pretty sweet swing. And I keep thinking about that homer they hit last year that went all the way to the stairs in center field. Just to like show like what kind of raw power he can have. Mm-hmm. So yeah, even, even though I think his defense is probably a little bit worse than Kyle Schwarber, I think I'm still going the Aloya Menace.
0: I think I'm going to go Kyle Schwarber because if, man, we get those You're last nice. two months of Kyle Schwarber in a full 60-game season or a full season 162 games, man, that... That kid can be special. Exactly. Yeah. And that's that's why the Cubs have not traded him because he his floor is this low. Imagine what his ceiling looks like. Exactly, yeah. I mean I mean like
1: like all all, all Chicago has to be proud because like they like they, they definitely have two of the best left
0: fielders in the league and hopefully they have him for a long time. hmm mm-hmm. All right, moving on to center field. Uh you got Luis Roberta the upcoming stud. Um you're hoping for the best of what you can get uh, from him. And then you have an That's Ian Happ, Albert Almora, and Jason Hayward mix going on at center for Chicago Cubs. Um, start talking about what the Cubs are going to do. Uh, I'm going to start getting into the DH. You're going to be looking at DHs from Kyle Schwarber, uh, Victor Caratini, Ian Happ, um Steven Souza Jr. are going to be your main four DH guys and it's going to be just playing the matchups like I said before Caratini is going to be catching you Darvis Wilson Contreras is going to take over that DH spot Kyle Schwarber might get the day off depends who they're playing maybe he goes out to left um and then that puts Ian Happ in center um you want Ian Happ starting almost every day he's a Multi tools He's definitely hitter. got potential as
1: you saw in twenty seventeen. Twenty eighteen was a little bit of a drop off, but twenty nineteen.
0: Hey, uh right now Ian Happ is the uh longest reigning uh NL MVP of the week. Oh yeah, Taking, I do I remember seeing that uh Greg Madis Greg Maddox Greg okay. Uh old title from when the, the, the ninety four lockout Okay. is how he obtained his title.
1: Okay,
0: yeah. Um Well
1: I I I guess if anything that's that gives him enough motivation to keep pushing forward and, and
0: continue that streak. Uh so but Luis Robert, I actually do not know a ton of how he hits, so you're gonna have to enlighten me a little bit about um, that.
1: I mean, to me, I know that he's like everybody calls him the next Mike, the second coming of Mike Trout. Like uh, he hits for power, he's fast, he hits for average. Um, last year across, uh, I think double A and single A, maybe a little bit of high high single A and triple A. Um, he did have a 30-30 season. So, like, over over 30 home runs, over 30 steals, decent batting average. And, um, like, during, like, the intra-squads game, like, I finally saw him play, play, uh, like, an act, like actually saw him in real life on the field. And this this kid is jacked, as I was saying earlier tonight.
0: Yeah. So, like, he's,
1: he's got a big build. It looks like he he can crush the ball. Uh, it was a flyout, I think, to, uh, Adam Engel, but it was driven deep to, right, to, to the right center warning track. And really? even that, you know, like it, it didn't even look like he got all of that. And on batting practice, he homered to left, but he fell down. So the fact that, you know, he could still trip and fall down and still drill while he did left field bleachers is impressive.
0: Uh, taking a look at his simulated stats, uh, which Baseball Reference is providing me, they're expecting him not to not to do so hot for this sixty game season. Yeah. Um and it looks Seems like sixty eight games, yeah. With sixty eight games they great. have him batting two forty six. Um on base of 16 home runs, which is not bad, but it's it's gonna that's be home interesting. Run every four games. Yeah, that's gonna be if this kid comes out and he's good, he's going to be good. And I mean, Adam Angles not too awful to have out there, but you, pr- you prefer not to you have do, you him. You do, do prefer bathing. Luis Robert. and that's that's the thing that I think could either help or hurt,
1: like with the sixty game season, mm-hmm. because um, like already starting this late, and it is like very unprecedented. Like it's almost like just like a practice season. Like I don't want to say, you know, I, I don't mean it exactly when I say that. Um, like whoever wins the World Series is going to be asterisk mm-hmm. or whatever. But I mean, kind of, because like I said, it's only 60 games. So if this is, if there is a time for a rookie to get used to MLB, like 2020 60-game season is the time to do it. Because, you know, you don't have to think about, you know, a whole 162-game campaign. Like, just get out there, you play. Like, whatever happens, happens. Um, and, you know, if things go bad, that's okay. It, because, you know, it's essentially it could be looked at as like a practice season and the 2021 is a real thing things go well then he goes into hopefully in 2021 like full season like with that great of a head start so this is the time for Luis robert to get
0: going um and another person i want to bring up uh to show a little bit of love is uh albert almora albert almora i have been on this guy's train all the way he had an awful defender He's, he's a defender he even fell off a little bit defending last year like he he has no right he was on the verge of maybe being cut this year um but I love the kid you look back to 2017 his first half 298 mm-hmm. average for the entire year he he was crushing the ball and there, it was a dual threat of him and Javi Baez, which looked like a totally different team in that 2017 first half of that season mm-hmm. and that was powered by Albert elmora just hitting singles doubles, driving the field getting on base which, too which is what he got away from this last year was he started hitting the ball down and hitting it into the ground and he was turning to Jason Hayward king of double plays exactly yeah like and it but, was a
1: career high at home runs for him with no I know he
0: he retooled and uh retooled his batting swing and how he approaches at the plate and uh he was looking good in spring training I haven't heard too much about him in uh summer camp now though but he he'll be my slight underdog for the year. I think the guy Steven Souza. Steven Sousa is the guy to watch. Albert Almora is the guy I want to do well because yeah. off the field the guy's amazing. Yeah. Um. You're so big you, on the comebacks and whatnot. comeback season for
1: Elmora and Steven Souza Jr. Uh, center field, who are you taking? Center field, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Robert. It's because of like the raw power, how good he was in, in the minors last year. Like he hit 328, 32 home runs, 36 deals. And like I said, like how big he how big he is, like how nice his swing is. Like he like this kid can drive the ball. And he's fast too, so um, good glove. Like this guy,
0: I think he's gonna have a good year. Yeah, I'm going to probably go with Luis, but it's very marginally thin. I mean Marginally thin. Robert um,
1: versus Amora Jr.
0: Uh, for Ian Happ would be or Ian
1: Happ. Okay, Ian Happ. I do like Ian Happ. Yeah.
0: Um. If Ian Happ can put it together and Luis Robert just doesn't have it this year, which again, this is a young guy. You don't know what he's going to have come come know, to the show. I, that's a freaking
1: nightmare to think about. Like uh, if, if like Luis Robert struggles. Yeah. Like that's like that's the kind of stuff that, that would keep me
0: up at night. Um. Now let's move over to right field, which is. Uh, not as much of a filled-up mess as uh, the rest of the outfield for the Cubs, but you got Jason Hayward and Steven Souza Jr., who will be mostly patrolling out there. Uh, you might be looking at just a true platoon, Jason Hayward going up against the lefties and Steven Souza going up against the righties. Um, you still have Jason Hayward, who's got gold glove caliber on right field. Uh, which is the added defense between Ian Happ and Kyle Schwarber, who are not natural outfielders originally. Exactly. Ian Happ does Hayward a Hayward also the job. guy you
1: want to turn to if you're t- tied up in the, like going into the 10th inning. Of course, Like he's definitely got, got, got that skill set going for him.
0: Um, I've been a huge fan of Jason Hayward the whole time. And then uh, even through his struggles through his contract, I've always liked the signing. I would do the signing again. I wouldn't do as much money, but that's twenty twenty hindsight. Uh, up against Nomar Kazara. Nomar Mazara. Mazara.
1: Um I, I I like Nomar Mazara. I mean like he's not really the best average hitter. I mean, of course for for today's game, like he is pretty solid, like a two sixty one career average, like three three twenty career on base. But I mean he is pretty young. He has experienced. He's been in the league for four years. Uh it's impressive that he hit exactly twenty home runs for his first three years with Texas and a 19 last year. So um, if nothing else, he's definitely consistent. And he's young. Um, The right field porch at the cell, or I mean, I still call it the cell, of course, it's guaranteed rate, Uh, like isn't really that scary. So I think he could, I mean, realistically, if it was a a normal season, I I think he could be looking at at like a 25 to 30 home run year. Mm -hmm. So whatever that equivalent is for a 60-game season. So I'm definitely looking for him to show off some power.
0: Yeah, it looks like he's he's just gonna be filling that space. I mean, he's not gonna do too much different than, than what I would say Jason Hayward would do at the plate. I mean, you got you're looking at twenty ish home runs uh, with a two sixty eight average last year, whereas uh, Jason Hayward probably let me pull it up somewhere around two fifty. I'm sure two fifty two fifty twenty one homers, twenty one home runs, like so very very identical. Yeah, very. You're look you're looking at very similar players, and I'm I'm I don't know too much about Nomar. Uh, I know it was a good grab for you guys, just because mm-hmm. the outfield depth for you guys is just not there. Yeah, exactly. I
1: mean, if anything, I I think when when Rick Hahn signed Nomar, uh, it was more as a placeholder for eventually when, when Luis Baez comes up or or Blake Rutherford. Um, I mean, ideally, he he does surpass expectations. I think his contract was very team-friendly. Like, it's not for the most amount of money. But, again, like, it is supposed to be more for for a placeholder. But I do think that he is going to surpass those expectations just because of how much power he has, like, off of righties and how much potential he has, how young he is, how consistent he is at the plate for the last couple years.
0: Yeah, so who are you taking, Jason Hayward and Steven Souza Jr. Platoon or Nomar uh, Mazzara, and probably a Lori.
1: Um, I'm not. My decision is not because I don't have enough Sox players, but again, mainly because like how young and how much potential he is. But I'm going with Mazzara. Uh, but again, as I said earlier, if my team is in a situation where we're tied up going into the tenth inning and I need like an inspirational speech to rally the troops, I would pick Hayward. Like in yeah. that situation, I'm going with Mazzara.
0: I'm going to take Hayward just for the fact of uh, you're going to be rounding out the bottom of the order with a Hay- uh, Hayward mix of some sort. Um, so I had us right up our opening day rosters. I have the Cubs leading off with Chris Bryant, followed by Anthony Rizzo, followed by Javier Baez, Wilson Contreras in the cleanup spot, Kyle Schwarber in the 5-hole, uh, Ian Happ in 6, Stephen Souza Jr., as the DH and the seven hold probably could be replaced with Victor Caratini. Um, Jason Hayward out patrolling right field, and then Jason Kipnis in uh at second base, batting ninth, which is then why I would take Jason Hayward over Nomar, as we're rounding out the bottom of the lineup, and then if you want to do a Definitely Sox a better lineup. you
1: got the experience. Uh, and
0: and and what's what's awesome about the Cubs lineup is they have like
1: that perfect uh like righty lefty switch off. I mean, I guess in years, like, if you switch Schwarber and Contreras, but mm-hmm. as you said earlier, um, that that is likely to be switched. Depends on who's hot and who's not. Mm-hmm. So it, it does, like, coincide with, like, the new rule where, like, pitchers, like, do you have to pitch to at least three batters? So um. it's very friendly towards that. So ready, lefty, And then Mike, From, read off your Sox lineup. All right, for me, as much as I, I liked the lineup last year, where it was Anderson second, Moncada third, Jose Breu fourth, and Eloy fifth, um, I did kind of – Keep to that a little bit. I have Anderson leading off, hoping that he replicates last year and he's able to uh, hit, hit a lot of singles and doubles and get on base. Hopefully he steals a little bit more bases like he did in 2017. Um, number two, or batting second, I have Johan Moncada. Again, hopefully he has, you know, like Chris Bryant-like numbers from 2016, batting out of a number two spot. Scoring a lot of runs, hitting a lot of homers. Number three, I got the veteran Jose Abreu. In his natural spot, pretty sure he's bad at third, like most of his career. Number four, the big man who looked like he lost like a little bit of weight out there yesterday, Edwin Encarnacion, DHing, who I expect to be able to like drive the ball far and hit a decent amount of homers this year.
0: And that's something we forgot to talk about was the DH the position, DH, um, yeah. which I would take Edwin Encarnacion over the Cubs just because Cubs is going to be a uh, rotating whoever is going to be playing that day. It's Like I said, going to be majority Kyle Schwarber and uh, Victor Caratini supplemented with Steven Souza Jr. and uh, Nico Horner, maybe. And I'm sure that Anthony Rizzo might slide over there every once Mm -hmm. in a while
1: or Chris Bryan anytime they get tired and need the day off or whatever.
0: Obviously. Um, So Tim Anderson, I'm surprised you have him at the number one hole uh, just because I feel like you want your best there at number two as always. I would put Yo-Yo. at number two. I, I, would, I would flip him and flip have on. Yo-Yo going on number one Yo-Yo spot yo at number
1: one. To um, on be I mean, at number two. Yeah, I mean, I know in 2018, Mankata batted leadoff a lot. And, like, I don't know if that kind of, like, psyched him out too much. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what led to his, you know, 217 strikeouts because, you know, I mean, that's, like, part of the reason why, I mean, as I'll say later on, I got Luis Robert batting seventh because, like, leadoff man is a lot of pressure. Of course,
0: and you don't want to put those young guys... Yeah, exactly. That. I so, mean,
1: I mean, the, the fact that my... Or the possibility of putting Moncada in the leadoff spot, like I said, like, does flash you back to 2018. And, you know, I don't like that Moncada. I don't like those memories. hmm mm-hmm. And as you said, like, you're, like you're, nowadays, your number two player, like, or your best player does bat in a number two hole.
0: Uh, so that's but why overall, I like Moncada there. Looking at that lineup, I mean, they're both loaded lineups. but the, Exactly. And what I want as a Cubs fan talking to the Sox fan, I just want them to take a step back. I mean, it. this is if everything goes perfect. exactly It, and it no goes injuries the way you expect it. And 2016, looking at those Cubs, there was no injuries all year. They say the Kyle healthy, Schwarber, everyone's yeah. healthy, everyone's hungry. And that was the best case scenario. And as you've seen over the last three years, Chris Bryant's dealt with injuries. Anthony Rizzo kept doing what he did. You had a breakout from Javi Baez. Addison Russell is now playing in Japan. Um, oh, really? Yeah, he yeah. was signed in Japan okay. um, and just lost well, his at least
1: he still found work.
0: Ben Zobris getting old and he didn't yeah. fully quit. he had
1: off-the-field problems as well. Yeah, he didn't fully off call it quit yet,
0: but he's he's aged 38, yeah. if I remember correctly. Somewhere around there,
1: yeah, 38. Um, I mean, like it, it is like a respectful decision if he decides to walk away now. I mean, he is like a two-time World Series oh, champion. Yeah. So he's definitely earned, you know, a great career as he has. So,
0: but, and that's just, besides the point is, if everything goes well, every team's winning the World Series. Exactly, every team yeah. thinks they're going to win the this Marlins, year. The Marlins,
1: yeah. The Marlins should play to win but, the World
0: Series. But, and you, I, I hope for the best. I want Timmy to repeat what he did last year. I want Yo-Yo yeah. to repeat what he did last year. Um,
1: Aloy to improve, Aloy to... I think the just, equivalent just of the for the 40 best. or 50 home runs in a 60 game season. Luis Robert, they like, get rookie of the year. So. I, I guess just just to finish up that lineup, I had Yasmani Grandal, five. Jimenez, six. Um, which, I mean, a lot of people would, would like to see him batting fifth or fourth. But I think Grandal's ability to get on base will, will help Eloy driving more runs. Number seven, Robert. Because, again, like I don't want to put him in any of those clutch spots just to keep the pressure off them, eight mazara, and I want I want to see magic go out there opening day. Okay. For number 9, just to finish
0: that off. Um, yeah. So let's move on to uh talking uh starting rotations. Starting rotations, which is another I think big issue for Cubs and Sox. Exactly, uh, yeah. I mean, essentially, I like just, that I, is the key to winning. I truly don't believe the depth is there for either of them. Um, you hope for the best. So for the Cubs, my rankings would be Kyle Hendricks, Yu Darvish, John Lester, T- Tyler Chatwood, and Alec Mills, uh, with Jose Quintana obviously being on the IL with his uh lac- laceration to his thumb. Um, hopefully, hopefully he comes back. But 2016, you have Kyle Hendricks, uh, ERA leader, um, 2.44 ERA, number three in Cy Young voting, if I remember correctly.
1: Uh, Sixteen and eight, I know. Sixteen and eight, two thirteen, and yeah, number three exactly. Twenty three and MVP. Mm-hmm.
0: Worth noting. Um, he he has been quietly the most underrated cub. Right. He is your boy. Um, he is my favorite player. Uh, he is just fantastic. He's the guy we handed game seven to. We yeah. said start this game out. Um, then you have Yu uh, Darvish, who had a fantastic second half last year Mm he he really pulled it together he was a cubs ace essentially exactly and that's a close one two spot uh with darvish you you hope he comes out and he performs because when he's not performing we've seen it in 2018 uh where he just falls apart and he's walking guys all over the place um and he just had an injury written near that year but last year man he really pulled it together and he showed that stuff that he used to have uh um, still a better signing, I think, over the Jake Arrieta signing, but yeah, that, definitely. that's a different conversation yeah. to get into I mean, later. Like,
1: he is a few years younger than Arrieta, too, so just age, too.
0: Um, John Lester, you have a aging veteran, uh, he's heading into his age 36 season, if I'm 36 or 37? Uh, yeah, yeah, 36. Uh, he is just... He's your workhorse. He's your new John Lackey, course, where he yeah. you're gonna he's gonna come in. You're gonna get him to eat up innings, and he's gonna get out. He's not gonna be our ace that we've relied on for the last five years. He's
1: gonna be more like your veteran leader
0: in the clubhouse, almost. Exactly, and that's he's played up to his contract and more. uh the the six years that we've had him for, or mm-hmm. going into six years, I believe. Um, and then you have Tyler Chatwood, who was quietly very good last year. He he took a big turnaround from his absolute implosion that was twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen. I'm sorry, 20, yeah, uh, and twenty
1: seventeen. Like he wasn't the best either. I mean, of course, he was pitching in Colorado, so he did have that four sixty nine ERA and eight and fifteen. The Rockies weren't
0: that great last. Or that's well, or they won eighty seven <laughs> games, but. But you're looking at a 560 ERA in 2018, going to a 428, which is a massive improvement, and that was in a swing role for the Cubs. I believe he won five games as a starter, mm-hmm. and for the Cubs, five games, in, and he started five games, so he won every single game he started. And he, I remember, he just had some solid games. He won in relief. You're going to be looking at him hopefully to be that solid number three starter, and if John Lester can be that secondary sol- number three starter, you'll be fine. Uh, moving on to Alec Mills, who is uh, a lesser-known name throughout baseball again. I, I was to say his record. Oh, one was 1-0. 1-0. He pitched nine games, and he started four games. Right, right, right. But I'm, in four apologize. starts, two, 270, 275 ERA. Which is fantastic. Uh, I know at the end he was starting to get some hard contact. Um, he's he's another just control guy. He's not as slow-pitching as Kyle Hendricks is, but... Another control guy that goes up there. He works for ground balls. Not as many strikeouts. Knows what he wants to throw and throws it. Right. Um, and then if you get any contribution from Jose Quintana this year, that's going to be back, huge. he comes back, you need I his mean, thumb to heal, right? You need his thumb to heal. there's a dishwashing injury from, from what you said. Mm-hmm. Right? He, uh, he's at
1: home washing, washing dishes or whatever, right?
0: He's got uh, I mean, you're going to be missing him maybe for the first half of the month or if not the full month, which is almost half the games. Um, moving on to the Sox side, we have Lucas Giolito, Dallas Keuchel, Gio Gonzalez, Dylan Cease, Ronaldo Lopez, and maybe Carlos Rondon, Uh who's coming Hopefully, off. Hopefully, yeah, coming off Tommy John, most likely. Uh,
1: it is it is about dang time for for Car- for Carlos Rondon to, to come out and like have like a full season and play to his full potential.
0: Uh, you're looking for Lucas Giolito to repeat. The brilliant year he had last year, which was fantastic. I've seen him on uh, Sox home opening day the last two years now, or the first time he's pitched. Man, the difference, I mean, he got knocked around, I think, the two games I went to, and then he pulled it together after that uh, last year. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: Again, like, like first half of the year, amazing. Like, I want to say he had, like, ten wins in the first half. Second half, he did, he did fall, fall back a little bit. He did have one good game or two games against Minnesota. That were that were pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. Overall 14 and 9 record. Led the Sox in wins for the second year in a row. Worth noting. Fourteen wins this year, thirteen wins last year. Uh so he has been the Sox winning his pitcher for the last ten wins last year. I'm sorry, he had thirteen losses. But still the Sox win most pitcher with the most wins two years in a row. Did he end at ten wins the last year? Last year? In 2019, he was 14-9. and nine. Oh, okay. I was about to say, I remember he was the fastest at 10, but fastest like, I thought he like, won he, some more he, after he, he that. He did slow down. Him and James, McC- James McCann, as you said earlier, they both had fantastic first halves, mm-hmm. and like in the second half, they slowed down a little bit. Giolito did have a good game or two against the Twins in the second half. Uh, but then, overall, not as good as the first half, but hopefully he does channel that first half ability in this
0: 60-game season. Uh, moving on to Dallas Keichel, who is your your John Lester signing. He's your aging veteran who is just as good, but uh he, he had his one year deal with the weird signing late signing. Weird into the late season. signing. And
1: that's and that's the thing too, is that um like since this season has been delayed so much and since it is a sixty game season, Dallas Keichel was exactly in this position last year. Mm-hmm. It was like right around this time, maybe maybe back in June or May, like when he signed with Atlanta, but I mean, he only started 19 games, and that's probably right around where he's going to start for this season, like how many games he's going to pitch this season. So, like, this is, like, not out of the ordinary for him. This is mm-hmm. exactly a repeat of last year. And if it is a repeat of last year, he pitched. He, he did pitch all right, 375
0: ERA. Which you're going to be hoping for a better. Yeah, a little a bit little better bit ERA. Better. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's, he's that Those kind of numbers I he's make you think a number three starter, but you, you definitely two want three, him to yeah. jump into that two-roll, into a solid two-roll. Uh, you have an aging Gio Gonzalez who I did finally not, pitching for the Sox. Um, huge fan of when he was pitching in uh, Milwaukee. Um, liked him in Washington. I think he's very good, very underrated. For former twenty, for former twenty-one game winner, um, two eighty-nine ERA back in 2012. I know he's aging. What years? He you? is. He is
1: 34 now.
0: So he's going to his age thirty-four Played season. Thirty-five by the end of the season. You're looking at your number three starter. Solid. Exactly. a veteran too.
1: A guy who's been around, journeyman. Mm-hmm. Oakland, Washington. He's been, you know, all over the all over the country.
0: Uh, you got, and then you're looking for a huge year from Dylan C's. He he had his year to kind of pitch and get used to the bigs and make his adjustments, which, if I remember correctly, his second half was looking better than A his little first bit better, half. yeah.
1: So the 579 ERA, I remember watching one at-bat last year. I'm not sure who it was from, but, I mean, he has a 98-mile-per-hour fastball, and that thing was going all all over the place in that at-bat. Like, I don't feel like exactly mm-hmm. hit somebody, but, like, that thing was coming close. Just the way it was coming out of his hand was, you know, like going, like, up by the batter's face and whatnot. And at one point, the umpire had come by and tell him, be like, hey, settle down. You know, if if this thing comes, if, if you don't get control of this thing, I'm gonna have to kick you out. Yeah, so he is somebody who does need to work on his control a little bit more. Again, the ninety-eight mile per, per hour fastball is impressive, but it's not impressive if you can't throw straight.
0: And and you're look, you're just looking for a. Just nice like that. That that was his. All right, let's go to the big leagues. Let's throw what I got and see what I need exactly. to change. And you're you're hoping for him to come out this. They're
1: dry run, basically.
0: And just come out and come out of the gate hot because if he doesn't, he's gonna struggle all year. Mm-hmm. And then you have Reynaldo Lopez, who is, it's time for him to either pick it up or time to go. Uh, yeah, I mean, like he's 26 now. Um, he he did have some
1: good games in 2018. Uh, again, like 391 ERA, not the best. 538 ERA last year. Uh, he was more like fifth man material. But, you know, he is 26. And as you said, like, it is time for him to nut up or shut up, land reference. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so, overall, I would take the Cubs starting rotation over the Sox starting rotation just because you have so, you have an aging guy, a young guy who still has to figure it out in the big leagues and has yet to figure it out, and then you have a guy who's, been okay, but hasn't found that consistency year to year. Exactly. Um, yeah. And then you have Dallas Keuchel and Lucas Giolito, who Giolito needs to repeat. Repeat
1: the first half of last year, and I mean, a few games in the second half. So. Yeah. And, and eventually, like uh, Lucas Giolito, does have to become the leader of this team mm-hmm. because he is kind of being groomed for that position. So he needs to come out there and lead by example. And show these guys how to pitch well. Again, like they they will have Yasmani Grandal behind the plate and G Leader's probably gonna have McCann behind the plate. So they do have catchers behind the plate that can help them frame well and
0: cho- choose their pitches wisely to get outs. Okay, so uh just to kinda recap it, I mean these teams both could be very, very good. They they have the makings. The Cubs have a lot of experience, a lot of, a lot of experience, aging young experience. guys. Um, they're they're ready. I think they'll benefit from this sixty game season because they can put all of it in. I mean, the last couple of years you've just seen them burn out. Look at 2018 twenty eighteen with the tiebreaker the game,
1: game. And a wild Twenty
0: nineteen just falling Three off a cliff scored. the last two months. Um,
1: yeah. But it's worth noting that they have a lot of guys who are approaching what should be their prime. Mm-hmm. I mean, was it like Baez, Contreras, Schwarber, Bryant? They're all in that 27, 28 range. Yes, Rizzo's 30. So they're all approaching like, what should be their prime, like when they have that, you know, mixture of, like, physical ability
0: and also mental ability mm-hmm. and experience where they should all be looking to have great seasons. Um, And then looking at the Sox, you, it's just – you guys got to prove it this year. They, exactly. They yeah. need, this is the year to prove. This is, if you come out of the gate hot, you you don't have the experience to back up your claim to amazingness. You you have to come out and just kill it. Um, to move on a little bit, I have the uh, Pocota standings. So they make a prediction every year of Pocota how stands. everyone's going to look. And I'll read you the NL Central and the AL Central. You have... The Cincinnati Reds uh, taking the division in NL wow. Central. Yeah. Oh no, I'm Mike
1: s- Mike Mustakis. Yes,
0: uh, with uh, leading leading the charge, I'm sure, and Trevor Bauer the, with thirty two point seven wins. Um, Cubs have come in second with thirty one point five. Cardinals with thirty point four. The Brewers with thirty on the dot, and the Pittsburgh Pirates with twenty six on the dot which is that that's a tight division and it's going to be tight all around the league. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you're almost hoping for expanded playoffs at this point. I don't think it's just going to Just to happen. give everybody a fair chance. Um, But, man, I this is the first time seeing the Reds on top. And, I mean, they, they had the tools to do it. They have been aggressive. That yeah, yeah. starting five. EU Suarez, how. just number one.
1: Cranking out, what was it, 41 home runs? I don't
0: want to talk about him. He's turning into a cup killer. Uh... Forty nine home runs. But looking at the the starting five for the Cincinnati Reds, you got Luis Castillo, Trevor Bauer, Sonny Gray, Anthony Descalfani, and uh, Wade Miley. Who are, that, that's a exactly. killer starter. Garrett
1: coming at you. Out of the bullpen too. Um,
0: Michael Michael Lorenzen too mm-hmm. pitching and hitting. Uh, but I mean, scary looking team. Between the top four, you're less than three wins difference between four teams for the. NL Central. Rams, Cubs,
1: Cardinals. Uh moving
0: over to the AL Central, you have the Minnesota Twins at thirty-five wins, the Cleveland Indians at thirty-two. Disappointing. Uh, the White Sox coming in at thirty-one point two. For reference, the Cubs were at thirty-one point five. Okay. Um, All right, I'll take that. The Detroit Tigers that. are at twenty-five point seven, and then the Kansas City Royals are at twenty-five point three.
1: I mean, prop props to the Tigers for for having that high of a. Produ- projection.
0: Yeah, and it's it's going to be an interesting season. I mean, within your division, you're playing everyone ten times, so you you have to win. Exactly. You almost, have
1: to win yeah, almost all of them. You
0: know, like, if you lose three games, you're on a nine-game losing streak is what exactly. the equivalent is. Um, you don't want to get swept at all this year. You want to be winning at least a game a series to be in contention. And you want to be winning... You wanna sweep as many series as uh, you can and just win, win, two win. Out win. Of three. You want
1: you wanna start off hot and stay hot. Because uh, there's not a lot of time to heat
0: up. So and I'm gonna read off the playoff percentage odds, which is seventy percent for the Twins, 33 for the Indians, uh, twenty-three for the Sox, and then the Tigers and the Royals are at one point five. Uh, um my moving, money's on
1: Kansas City. No.
0: Moving over to uh the NL Central is you got a fifty four percent playoff percentage chance, or I'm sorry, sixty-four percent for the Reds, forty six for the Cubs, uh thirty one for the Cardinals, twenty-eight for the Brewers, and then three percent for the Pirates. Which that Pirates team's not gonna be great. And I think twenty six wins for them is gonna be a generous that, game.
1: that probably is generous. I mean, aside from Josh Bell, I mean I'm not sure like what else they have. Um
0: Overall, I mean, you're looking at Cubs taking the division or taking the wild card in best-case scenario. You're going to have the – and the Central has the beautifulness of not being beat up by that AL East or that NL East or the AL West or the NL West. I mean, those are some powerhouse NL. divisions. Yeah. And not to say the that NL
1: West, like when the Padres coming in strong, like – uh, for, for, Fernando Tatis Jr. maturing. Yeah, Fernando uh, he's, Tatis. He's um, Machado hopefully has a bounce back. Well, not necessarily a bounce back year, but mm-hmm. a better year than last year.
0: Yeah, they're, they're going to be someone to definitely watch. I think um, they'll definitely route out the Diamondbacks. Yeah. But overall. Arenado
1: might be hungry in Colorado, if anything, for a new contract because he's got, what, two years left? Mm-hmm. So, 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 so I, guess, I guess look for him to uh, come out strong.
0: Overall, I think this was a great first podcast. Uh, Thank you very much, Mike, for taking this on with me. me.
1: Thank you for creating this, coming up with the idea, coming up with a plan for things to talk about.
0: And uh, hopefully this isn't a flop. Thank you very much. And uh, we will be calling it.